Hello, peoples, and welcome to Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them. My name is Jason Peters, and I am coming at you today with another five-minute review. I got five on it. Today's film, we're going back to 1988 to do a follow-up of a film you may have seen pop up in a long-form episode of Esoterica Cinema. That's right, we are doing the sequel to Critters. Critters 2, the main course, which Google has as follows. When voracious alien critter eggs hatch, setting their sights on devouring the small farm town of Grover's Bend, Charlie McFadden and his bounty hunter friends return to Earth to destroy them. Now, if that description seems light, probably applicable. That's kind of the word that I would use to describe Critters 2. If we wanted to go with like a very sort of like Gene Shalit style of pun, I would say, this main course left me a little hungry. <laughs> but of course that would be very maudlin and we would never do something like that on this show. Now, this is actually the feature film debut of director Mick Garris. And if that name sounds familiar, it's probably because he has achieved a certain level of popularity in recent times with his post-mortem podcast. I had always heard that he was a horror director, but was not familiar with his work. Turns out he's done a lot of television is really his deal. So from what I can tell, he's done a few different movies, the first of which is his debut here in Critters 2. And then he also did a really bad Stephen King adaptation called Sleepwalkers. That was from like 93 or something like that. And he did contribute to the Nightmare Cinema trilogy that I believe Joe Dante and someone else did. So he does work, did a Tales from the Crypt episode, just not to the level of a lot of his contemporaries that we'd be familiar with today. As far as the film itself is concerned, the one thing that I will say is that the way that this movie is approached, it so very badly wants to be a rated R film. This wants to be a hard R film, yet because it's part of the Critters franchise, they made it a PG-13 movie. And here's the sort of unfortunate thing about why it doesn't work is because instead of leaning into their PG-13 sensibilities, you kind of get the sense that they tried to push the envelope as much as they could. And they actually do very much for a PG-13 film. There is some really graphic aftermath, some really gory aftermath. And there's also a very fair amount of breasts in this movie. And they are quite ample and they are on display for everyone to see. So it's kind of like they took the old, you know, let's do the blood and boobs approach of old school horror, but then had to sort of pair it back for a PG-13 rating. So, and it seems like the way that they were able to get away with this is that they didn't show any of the actual actions, right? They show a bare-breasted woman, but she doesn't really do anything other than stand there with her shirt off which is obviously like just very pandering and catering to the male demographic that I'm sure they know is watching this. No real reason to justify that otherwise. And then as far as the deaths are concerned, again, they don't really show any of the actual deaths as they are happening. Even in the first one, we got that Billy Zane death early and they didn't do anything like that. What they did is show you the aftermath. So I think that the ratings board gave them a certain amount of leeway in how gory they could get with the aftermath as long as they didn't show the actual death actively happening. So it's kind of one of those instances where you get the sense that the filmmakers are holding back. And that's unfortunate because there is a lot of energy on display here. You know, I did like this film. It was kind of 
a little forgettable when all was said and done. You know how sometimes you leave a movie and you can be completely sober, but like not remember all but three scenes from it for a total of four screen minutes, right? Like there's just some movies where it's like, I know I watched a movie. I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it, but to ask me to recount to you what happened right now, I can't really do so. And, and that was very much kind of my experience with this film. A lot of the actors are brought back. So we've got Scott Grimes as the lead kid. He is a little bit older. And then we've also got the cop played by Barry Corbin. And he actually, I like what they did with him because they gave him a different shade to play this time in terms of his character, where after the events of the first film, the town has kind of turned on him and boots him out as the sheriff. And so he's just ordinary and sullen as hell and resents everybody for kicking him out. I thought that was an interesting take on the character. And I think the final credit of interest, so to speak, is the cinematography by a Mr. Russell Carpenter. And if that name sounds familiar to you, it's probably because he shot Titanic. Not dissimilar to Janusz Kaminski doing Little Giants when he first got started, right? So when all is said and done, where does that leave us? I would say that leaves us somewhere in the neighborhood of three and a quarter stars. I'm going to go ahead and give three and a quarter stars to this movie. It does have a lot of creature effects. They actually made over 50 puppets, did a lot of practical effects, brought back the Chiodo brothers. So a lot of good there. But really what holds everything back is just the lack of family. And it's funny because I wouldn't have thought that that was such an integral part of the first one. But yeah, they do a really good job in the first movie of letting you get to know the characters and the family, both individually as well as a collective. And we completely miss that here. You know, you can tell Mick Garris just wants to focus on the blood and boobs, but he doesn't have the rating to really lean into it. So he's got to kind of dance here and there. And so it does ultimately hold the film back, unfortunately. But still, solid film, three and a quarter stars. Don't go in expecting too much. And hey, I'd love to hear what you think. Hit us up, esotericacinema at gmail.com, esotericacinema on the socials, or you can call the hotline. We'll get you on the air, 818 818- 483-6285. Thanks so much for joining us again here on Esoterica Cinema. We will see you next time.